Hello, and welcome to Battery Bargains, a new series from the Batteries Included podcast where we match real people up with the right electric vehicle for their particular situation. This is episode number five. I'm Dominic Yoni, host of the YouTube channel Drive Electric with Dominic, and I am joined today by Tom Malogny, senior editor at Inside EVs and host of the YouTube channel State of Charge. And we also have with us Mr. Martin Lee from the EV News Daily podcast. Now, if you're looking for your own battery bargain, email us a couple short paragraphs with Find My EV in the subject line and tell us about your use case and budget, and we'll see about featuring your case on an upcoming episode. All right, let's kick this off with our first case for today. Uh, and to be transparent, we've paraphrased these e emails a bit for length and clarity. Brian sent us this email and says, Gents, I have owned a 23 Chevy Bolt EUV since January and I'm already thinking about my next EV, buying as soon as early next year. I live about 30 minutes west of Cleveland, Ohio, in a charging wasteland, but have home charging. Drive daily about 30 miles, but would like to go on 140 mile round trips sometimes in very cold weather and always at 70 miles an hour most of the way. I am currently infatuated with the Mach-E Rally in Grabber Yellow, that's the Ford Mach-E Rally. More power than I really need and has adequate space, but I am concerned about charging curve, 10 to 80%, for a rather infrequent road trip. Also, I have never bought a Ford and know little about their reliability and general reputation. Is this little beast a good daily or am I barking up the wrong tree? Should I go more Hyundai Ioniq 6 so range is less of a concern? Or should we be happy with 200 to 250 miles and let charging, soon to be NAX compatible, make up the difference? Thank you, Brian. All right, so Tom, maybe we'll start with you. Uh, first, I mean, what do you think of the, the Mach-E uh, rally? I think it's cool. Uh, you know, and I like the Mach-E in general. Uh, great looking car, great driving experience. Uh, and it really seems like Brian has his heart in the direction of the Mach-E. And it was the, the, the Ionic 6 was kind of like, well, I guess I can live with this. You got to buy what excites you. You got to buy the car that makes you smile. And it really seems like the Mach-E is that one. Now, you can't buy a car that makes you smile if it doesn't do what you need it to do. Uh, but uh, honestly, don't sweat the charging. You're talking about infrequent road trips, not you know twice a week. You've got to drive 300 miles. The, the I think sometimes, and I think I'm guilty of this. I think Kyle's guilty of this. Me and Kyle kind of lead the charge when we talk about uh, charging curves on electric vehicles. We obsess over like five minutes of, of, of charging. The Mach-E will get you from like 10% to 80% in about 40 minutes. Okay, let's say it was a, a really good charging EV and it could get from 10% to 80% in 25 minutes. That's really good. Uh, you know, it's not, I mean, Ionic 5, the Ionics do a little bit better, but they're kind of edge case. A really good 10, 80% is somewhere around 25 minutes. That's, that, that's rock, that rocks. So you're talking about an infrequent road trip and you're sweating 15 minutes, you know, like really, you're going to let that get to your case. Sometimes I think me, me and Kyle, while we're explaining charging and complaining and saying that just takes too long. I, I think we, we scare people. And, uh, you know, if, if, if you're using it for work and like, you know, every, every day you're driving 250 miles or, you know, uh, uh, once or twice a week, 
the time adds up, but you're talking about infrequent road trips. Get an extra cup of coffee, bring a book with you, take that extra 15 minutes to relax, get the Mustang Mach-E, you know, uh, in grabber yellow, the rally that, that you really want in your heart and don't look back. Interesting. And nice to be a couple there, uh, Tom. Uh, so Martin, uh, what do you think? Do you have any yeah. other alternative <laughs> suggestions or what do you should you just like go for where his heart kind of seems to be? I've got good news for you. What Tom just said is absolutely accurate. You know, Tom and Kyle are making videos being like, this car was meant to charge at 200 kilowatts peak and it only, for some reason, it picked at 160 and then it ramped down. And then you look at the entire charge curve and it was two minutes difference. Like, this is important to do, to test cars, to work things out. But then you put it into a real world case. And for you, if, again, if you said you were doing this weekly, etc., I'd be like, you might want to think about it because it's going to get old really quickly. If you haven't, if you live somewhere there's not DC fast charging, if you are doing infrequent road trips, and even better, if there's destination charging where you are going to, which there's nearly always destination charging, even if you're going to a campsite in the wild. Okay, maybe call in advance if you're going to book an RV spot or something, and you want to plug in because they might not be sure about EVs. Even then, like you can slow charge anywhere but 150 miles 140 50 miles round trip if you it's going to be really really cold if you want what you could probably do is look at vehicles over 300 miles but look at your choice uh, lucid air tester model s arnic 6 model 3 uh, eqs okay these are pricey these aren't mustang Mach-E competitors but you know the model y's the rivians the bmw's again a bit more pricey on that but uh, there's the there's the lyric there's the Mustang Mackie that you like 312 miles on this Kia EV6 310 uh, the Aria 304 Anik 5 303 BMW i4 301 even if you go down to the Volkswagen ID2s Polestars uh, all of these so that this is you know a 280 mile car that if it's really cold and the battery is absolutely ice cold and you got all the heating and everything on you're eating into your battery you're still not gonna sweat it. I would go for a vehicle, if I were you, that can do maybe 260, 270, and then drive them all and buy what you want. And uh, and in fact, if that for you is the Mustang Mackie, go for it. It's a brilliant vehicle. You've got, this is a perfect case. We can answer this one easily. Buy whatever you want. So the Mackie Rally is expected to start or be in the range of $65,000. That, to me, is like a lot of money. Um and, but but he wants like he, he likes the stance of this Maki rally and it looks like off-roady all-wheel drive sort of thing. So, so what if instead of the Maki rally you buy a Tesla Model Y and then put a little lift kit on it <laughs> and some bigger tires? See Model Y, you could go the the uh, dual motor all-wheel drive starts at. Let me see. Actually, that's forty-eight nine ninety, which is you know a good bit lower than uh, sixty-five thousand dollars. So you could put this on, get some beefy tires. Actually, change it. Besides this lift kit for five hundred dollars, you could get some suspension as well from uh, Mountain Pass. Uh, and there's other people out there who make aftermarket suspensions for these. Uh, yeah, so you could make your own version of this. You can get the bars for the roof. The same same deal. And so yeah, that's. Just a suggestion, but if you like the idea of the Ford Mach-E rally, I, you know, I can't say don't get that. I mean, there's other performance stuff coming. There's the Arnic 5N, there's an Aria Nismo coming. So if you want something that's just 
funky and insane and brilliant. Uh, go and drive everything. And then if you end up with a Mustang, you've made a great choice. I, I just mentioned the Tesla Model Y because it's got that lift, you know, to give that more kind of off-roady, rugged looking. And the other ones don't really have that kind of aftermarket support yet. Uh, maybe they will, you know, shortly in the future. The Chevy Blazer EV could be a good candidate for something like that as well. Uh, but I don't think there's anything available for that quite yet. Let's, uh, I guess we can move on to our next case. So, so our second case comes to us today from Baird. He says, Dear Dominic, Kyle, and Tom, and Martin, uh, my wife and I have a 2017 Chevy Bolt and a 2018 Tesla 3, each with 50 to 60,000 miles on them. I recently sold my 2019 Volkswagen Golf Alltrack that's a station wagon that we use for tr hauling trash and also dogs and gear on long trips to, uh, twice a year, two long trips a year. I, b I believe he carries kayaks and bicycles. Uh, ideally, I would like an all-electric station wagon, not an SUV fan. Love the Volvo V60 recharge plug-in hybrid, but wish it was electric. I saw a new one for 68K near the top of my budget. Another possibility is the Kia EV6 or a used Tesla Model S. If there is an all-electric station wagon coming to market in the next two years, I could wait. We live in upstate New York, so driving in snow is a concern. They get like 120 inches, I think, up there a year sometimes. So stay with my two cars and wait for a true electric station wagon. Look at an EV6, except the Volvo V60 plug-in hybrid. Any other suggestions would be most appreciated. Yeah. So just last week, I was at the Volkswagen ID7 uh, first drive event. I really I can't talk about that because it's cylinder embargo. But what they did show us was the, the station wagon version of the ID7, which you would love. However, I'm assuming you're in the US. Don't get too excited because I don't believe Volkswagen is going to be bringing this to the U.S., uh, a lot of people have reported that uh, it's not coming to the U.S. I'm not reporting that, but uh, people have reported that it's not coming to the U.S. And it doesn't surprise me because the manufacturers simply don't bring station wagons to the U.S. anymore. Very few do. And uh, I don't know of any all-electric station wagons that are going to be available at any time. So I think that's an issue. Um, uh, I, I kind of thought about the used Model S that you mentioned as being a, uh, a decent uh, uh, option for you. It's, it's got a lot of space on the inside. It's a lot of storage space. It's not as big as a station wagon, but you know some of the other EVs that I was trying to think of probably don't, don't have as much space on the inside unless you, know, you were willing to go SUV or crossover, which it sounds like you're not. Um, Cadillac Lyric might be uh, uh, an option for you, uh, but... Um, uh, again, it seems like you, you don't like that form factor. So, um, you know, based on what you're talking here, I'd probably go with used Model S over uh, Kia EV6 personally. Um, but nothing wrong with the Kia EV6. I just think you can get a really good deal on a used Model S and it would be your all-purpose vehicle that you could do everything with. And uh, that would be my recommendation. Model S is a lift back, so it's almost, it's almost in that station wagon territory. Yep, that's sort part of. of why I'm talking about and it has a ton of storage. Right. And interesting that he mentions the EV6 because that it's a, like a we think of it as a crossover, but it does have it's as close to a, a wagon shape as I think we have in the crossover electric crossover landscape right now. So, Martin, do you have any suggestions? 
Yeah, this is where we want the ID7 Tourer to come to you, but it probably won't. This is why we want the MG5, which is the electric wagon from MG, to come to you, but it definitely won't. Uh, but BMW, tell us more about the i5 Tourer. We want to know more about this. It's coming to Europe. It's coming next year in 2024. We don't know what date. Uh, this was a, a UK magazine called Autocar confirming not so long ago that BMW said, yep, we'll have the i5 Tourer ready for 2024 to come to Europe. European markets. I don't know when it'll go on sale, but come on, give us some information about the US market because this seems like it would be perfect for you. It's in your the right kind of price range. Um, you're looking at around that late 60s. You're going to get, a, I think, an i5 Tourer for that in the US. I don't know, I think. And oh my goodness, this would be a brilliant vehicle for you. But we don't think it would probably come to you. We don't, or we don't know. So yeah, I'm going to echo the uh, Model S thoughts because if you haven't uh, I mean, you drive a three, so you probably know the the, the Tesla ecosystem. But um, if you haven't reminded yourself of how big the Model S is in terms of storage, I mean, it was it's a, you know it was a three row car when you think about it. So uh, with the jump seats, and so it, there's loads of room in the back. It won't be like having an estate car or a wagon to get the doggos in, to get the you know to get the trash in, and and uh, you know, all your kind of green bags of garden rubbish if that's what you're doing and pile it all in it's it's not the same as having a wagon but you've got so few choices even in combustion world it's a good shout with the volvo but if you want to go pure electric and get yourself to wean yourself off combustion um then yeah that rules that out but uh yeah i just come on bmw give us some more information because the i5 toro would be so good for you i would i'm i would lean i think tesla model s used as well but actually i think he should wait for you know he's willing to wait he can make his model 3 and chevy bolt work now for the next two years he can kind of make them work it's not what he i think he really wants to get a car now but you know consider waiting i think because you know that bmw i5 tour may come here possible the volkswagen id7 tour might um i don't know does audi have a have a car that a sedan that could come in in a station wagon form as well i'm not sure but uh no, I'm not sure. If, yeah, off the top of my head, I, I don't know. But in two years, those things could happen as well. The uh, a Porsche Taycan Cross Turismo could come down enough in price to meet your budget. Right now, it's like not in your budget. I think they're starting at like 82 used, if you can even find one. Uh, yeah, a lot of them I looked at were up well into the 100,000 territory. So definitely out of the budget there but in a couple of years we don't know what's going to happen you know things these kind of markets can be pretty dynamic or they have been recently so i would i would wait if you have you know money burning a hole in your pocket i guess get to use tesla model s for now you know you lay those those uh rear seats down and that's a lot of real estate inside there not quite wagon but that was a good call on the cross turismo dominic it's just as you mentioned even the used ones are so expensive I love the Cross Turismo, and I've, I've actually said this on our podcast before. If um, if you gun to my head and you said you can have one electric vehicle and that's it, and you've got to keep this electric vehicle for the next uh, you know five years, you can't get any other new cars, and price doesn't matter. Um, I would my I'd be driving a Porsche Cross Turismo. That's probably yep. would be my number one choice on electric vehicles. So as much as I like so many other vehicles out there. Uh, if you if you said this is going to be the only vehicle you can drive, that would be my choice. Yeah, the Porsche Taycan just got such a great feel. It's just such a good driver's car, and then in the wagon, it's a, just a great shape, you know, for utility. Yeah, and, and but people, it's you know, Porsche 
buck the system with that because the manufacturers do not bring wagons to the U.S. anymore. Very few. And particularly, you know, that's why I'm not really expecting BMW to bring the i5 wagon either because, you know, they're not selling a lot of their electric vehicles to begin with. So, you know, it's not like, well, let's bring more models. <laughs> you know, they're, 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 they're not selling that great as it is. So how we'll get over that is we'll just keep bringing more different models and variants. You know, they wagons don't sell in the U.S. and it's unfortunate, but they just don't. They're such a niche vehicle. Everybody wants the crossovers and the SUVs. I I love the ID7 wagon that I saw at the at the uh, the press drive. I mean that would uh, I I would eat that up, but they don't bring them. Dom, you've really hit onto a thing here because while you guys were talking, I opened up Auto Trader UK. Now that sixty nine thousand pounds is eighty four thousand US dollars. It's about you know one one dollar twenty five to the pound at the minute. So this is out of your budget, but th this the these were a hundred grand five minutes ago. Like that's just such a great shout, Dom. I, I don't know what's happened to Tycon used values. What's this one? A seventy-one Reg, so two years old. Uh, what are the details on this? It's got the big battery, of course. It's all-wheel drive. Let's go down a little bit more and have a have a look at this. And uh, seventeen thousand miles on it. Two owners. It's you know a little high mileage, three thousand eight hundred above average. But that's what? That's crazy. Uh, that's again, in a blink of an eye, that's lost like fifteen grand last time I looked. What a beautiful car. So if you, if you are waiting 18 months, I mean, you could get yourself a, an incredible car. That's that's kind of wild. They're, they're a lot cheaper there than it seems they are in, in the U.S. Because that's for the I Cross could, Turismo as well. Right. I couldn't well. find it. I think the, the cheapest Cross Turismo I found, and I didn't dive into details to see you know if it had any you know issues of any kind. Uh, but it was like, I think it was like 82,000. So that's... By far, well, that's a similar deal. to this. I think with the conversion, right, Martin? Yeah. Price-wise, Dom. True. I'm, I'm not sure what the conversion rate is actually at the moment. One one twenty-five. Okay. Yeah. I guess it's getting pretty close. It's pretty so, close. Yeah. Well, hey, I mean, Bed, thank you so much. You've taught me something on by doing this show. Let's move on. I guess to our, our third and final case. It comes to us from Sloan, and he says, "Hello, I currently drive a 2004 Toyota 4Runner." SR5 with 193,000 miles, which I'm keeping. However, I am looking for an EV for daily driving my six mile commute. My primary reasons to go electric is to skip gas stations. I plan to install a home charger and the quietness of an EV. I travel from Nashville, Tennessee to the Northwestern North Carolina, uh, the mountain area there, about four to six times per year, about 400 miles each way. I like the older e the Audi e-tron prestige trims as it is a regular car, just electrified, and I love its luxury elements. I am a bit worried about its range, mostly because of the unavailability of the chargers the closer I get to the mountains of North Carolina. So do you think the Volkswagen Group will sign on to the Nax technology? Uh, I rented a Tesla Model Y for a week recently and didn't love its minimalism. I did not feel safe having to look away from the road to check my speed or to make any changes while driving. So any recommendations that would be greatly appreciated. Thank you. Sloan. Tom. I almost, I almost called you Kyle for some reason. I don't know why. But but Tom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I guess let's start with, um, do you think the Volkswagen Group will sign on to the Nax technology? So the Nax is the North American charging standard that Tesla uh, puts out that's what basically it's the tesla supercharger network 100 uh there is 
absolutely not an ounce of doubt in my mind that the Volkswagen Group, Audi included, will uh, will join the next. And I believe they're going to do it before the end of this year, for sure. But it, it could take longer. But I promise you, they are going to sign off. I will go as far as to say, if you buy an Audi e-tron and they don't, I'll buy the e-tron from you if you want. <laughs> That's how confident I am that they will be uh, doing it. They have to. All the automakers have to. Think of the competitive disadvantage they're at if all of their competitors can use the supercharger network and their cars can't. It, it, it's it's a fait complete. It's a done deal. They're going to announce it. And they're going to announce it, my guess, before the end of this year. They have to. I think everybody's going to. There's only a few holdouts at this point anyway. So, um, yeah, don't worry about that. As far as the Audi e-tron used, I think that's a great vehicle. Uh, the range isn't fantastic. Um, this long trip that you're on, uh, it probably at highway speeds, you're probably going to need to stop twice. I, I almost wish you'd, you'd if, if you want to look at an EV, that maybe you only have to stop once in the middle. If there's a charger, that's that's an issue too. You said that, that there's, um, you know, the, the charge, public charging infrastructure isn't... Uh, isn't really good. I'd love to see the route and see how far you have to go between uh, each units. Ideally, if there's something near the middle, you'd like to be able to get an EV that you could do 200 miles plus at highway speeds, stop for one recharge, and then make it to your destination. Otherwise, you're you're making two uh, two stops. So, I mean, I like the Audi e-tron. Uh, if you really like the Audi brand, um, look at a Q4 e-tron. Maybe I like the Audi Q4 e-tron. It's a little bit smaller. Than the uh, than the Audi, the dimensions are similar except the length. I think the the regular e-tron is about nine or ten inches longer, but the height and width are, are similar. Um, the the height might be an inch or so shorter on the Q4 e-tron, but I like the Q4 e-tron. I've driven it a few times, and uh, yeah, I know it's kind of like an ID4, but it's definitely you know an Audi. Uh, they definitely Audiized it, and uh, that might be something to consider. You might be able to find a used one of those that somebody, you know, traded in after a short period, didn't like it or didn't want to decided not to go EV and, uh, and, and get that. But uh, I think you're looking in the right direction and the e-tron charges really well. So, um, you know, if you're on that road trip and you do have to stop twice, at least it, it won't be a long stop. All right. So Martin, you have any suggestions? Well, I mean, firstly, firstly, let's 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 deal with your commute to work, which is six miles. Get a bicycle, my friend, uh, or an e-bike. <laughs> electric bike, yep. That's Get an electric bike. And uh, I don't know what the weather is where you are, but uh, you'll get some wind, you know, some air in your lungs, and you'll have a good time and uh, electrify that and uh, get a car off the roads. Uh, but there you he's, go. That's he's a, he's in Nashville, so it's hard, it's hard to say. That might be a great idea, but it could also be that that uh, that part of Nashville might not be bike friendly. Just check you can use cycles because there might be some amazing um, trails and paths you can do, and uh, otherwise it might be really not bike friendly. So yeah, I was um, I wasn't being facetious, but I was genuinely saying like an e-bike would be so cool if you like cars that are um, analogous to the combustion experience, and you don't want to look like you're driving an EV. Uh, the Mercedes EQB is based on the GLB, and when you get inside it, um, it absolutely looks and feels like you know it, you've got. If you didn't like the minimalism of a Model Y, and that's cool, uh, this is going to feel very much like, oh, okay, this is like, <laughs> you know, a normal a normal car, Mercedes GLB. Again, same as the Audi, really. Range might nibble away at you after a while. You might think, oh, I just wish it had a bit more range because you'll be stopping at sort of two low 200s on the EQB, I think, um, on the E350. Uh, so uh, you'll be doing a couple of stops on your long journeys. And it's six times a year you do it. So again, 
It's not like once or twice a year, six times a year, every other month. Don't come to resent driving an EV if you think so. Uh, uh, yeah, but if you don't mind the odd couple of stops, if it's an, if it's a road trip you do that's an adventure and you, you're actually looking forward to the stop because you make it part of the journey, um, or you've got family or you know pets that you need to actually regularly stop and, and charging en route, then you know a 200-mile EV to do a 400-mile journey is great as a two-stopper. If the infrastructure's there. <clears throat> Because yes. the, that part of America where he lives, Martin, uh, is underserved. So um, I don't right. know the exact route that he's driving, um, or uh, you know, it's just it's it's not a uh, an area of the country that really has good infrastructure. Right. Okay. Well, I like your Mercedes EQB suggestion. That is good. So I'm I'm not sure. I could, I can't really think of anything else. Really, the to suggest over those two. So I would suggest he maybe try to find an EQB and a, an Audi e-tron prestige and take a test drive somehow. Like, I don't know if you can turbo them or maybe you could find a rent, Hertz rental in your area that has one of those, like an EQB possibly. Maybe they could have an e-tron too in the Hertz fleet. I'm not sure. But anyway, yeah. Just see if you can, if there's any way you can do that kind of homework, because that's really like in the, in the regular, you know, car, car advice world. I mean, I would say to anybody buying any car, like drive the test, drive the car that you think you want to buy and then drive, you know, at least, at least two of its competitors, the closest competitors, you know, just to really make sure that that's because you're going to be spending a lot of time and, and putting a lot of money into that purchase. So, you know, you don't want the, the one that's, going to make you feel you know the best it's going to you know just make you feel happy for your that you spent that money on that particular investment uh, yeah so i guess i don't really have anything else to add to that yeah any minimum yeah looking nashville to tennessee and there's also you could also consider too that the uh, infrastructure in, in uh, northern north carolina it's likely to improve over the next few years as well so maybe this year um it's not really great, but you know, I think Circle K is active in that area too. And I know they're putting in their own chargers in that different places. That's one possibility, but there are a number of other, you know, networks putting infrastructure in the ground and there's going to be a lot of that happening over the next two or three years. So yeah, that's what I would look at. I would probably look at the Audi e-tron prestige. So like it's already got your attention. So yeah. I was just educating myself on PlugShare about DC fast charging in that part of your country. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's pretty sparse. Uh, so yeah, that's not great. I think I've hit the right uh, filter. I think I've hit the right filter uh, mm -hmm. on here uh, to show uh, DC fast charging that's the 150 kilowatt or faster. Mm -hmm. And um, and uh, is, that, is that Nashville I'm on? Yeah, that's Nashville. Yep. Mm -hmm. Then you're going to so, go east. So, go to, go to the so right. I'm going to go east, am I? So, yes, go east what, uh, and... Up a little bit. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so there's no, a few. There's a few on route. What have I got? Electrify yeah. America. Electrify America. Oh, yeah, but there's yeah. whole areas of here in West Virginia. I guess that's a, a lot of nothing oh, yeah, in your no. country. There's, but there's, no, it's, there's, go, it's going to North Carolina. So you're way north yeah. of where he's going. Oh, sorry. So, yeah, yeah, just go straight. Oh, okay, there's the Carolinas. Just go straight, okay. just go straight yeah. east. Basically. Yeah, but there's 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 they're along that segment there. Yeah, there's yeah. Okay, we've got some. So got some. But again, you're right. They're they're a long way apart and. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So. West Virginia is the true charging desert, though, in America. I mean. Oh, really? Man. Oh, I yeah. Mean, for look, these, look these look coasts, Virginia. Look, man. <laughs> Wee, like, nothing. That, well, there's I know one for the there. Fact that, it's yeah, broken. 
There's one. It's broken. <laughs> they just put a new one in there within the last three weeks. They they put a new one in around uh, close to the close to the capital, close to Charleston, I believe. Look at that. Look at that area of the country. Oh my Lawrence. goodness. <laughs> I think that wraps it up for this episode. Um, I'd like to thank you all for sending in those questions, and I hope we helped you in some way. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, you can leave them below and get in touch with us on social media platform of your choice. Uh, don't forget, if you like the show, please give us a thumbs up, uh, click subscribe, tap that bell icon for notifications. And again, thank you all very much for joining us, and we'll see you again next time. Ciao.